My name is Peter. I'm the lead pastor here at City Harvest, and I just want to welcome you here and just say I'm glad you're here today. We always say we don't believe it's an accident. You are here today. Regardless of what brought you here, whether it was guilt because you haven't been to church in a long time, whether it was manipulation that, I don't know what it would be, but I'm not going to go down the list that it could be. Whether you come every week, whatever it is, whether you finally decide it's your first time walking into what we would call a church building. I want you to know if it is, there are some that are a tad bit fancier than this one, but we like our, our family room here. And um, I just want to say welcome, and I'm glad you're here. I want to remind you that every Tuesday we do breakthrough prayer. From 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., this room is open. Not because this is the holiest room, not because when you walk in, you could only take two steps and you're going to go flat on your back, but it's just a place to come and to pray. We pray through people's prayer requests, people that are going through continual things, people that have something going on this week. They have a doctor's appointment or they need breakthrough, they need a job, whatever it might be. I want you to know that we do pray for those things. And so when you uh, uh, go on to church center and you type something in or you put it on a connecting card and put it in one of the giving boxes, it doesn't just then we don't just hold it and say in Jesus name and then put it in a paper shredder. No, we, we actually go through it and we pray for it. So one, I want to encourage you that if you have a need to communicate it so that we can rally around you. Two, I want to invite you that when you get that email to find time on Tuesday to pray. Find time on Tuesday to read through it and see how Holy Spirit would lead you in praying and and believing for those things. Three, there are some times in that 12-hour block that are specific to um, different types of prayer and in the times, the other kind of open windows of time, you can just come and pray as you would like. But I want to point out the last one, walk in prayer at 5 p.m. From 5 to 6 p.m., there's a group of people that are here every single Tuesday to pray for you if you have something you need prayer for. So maybe you did or didn't write it on the card. What I want you to know is you can come in between 5 and 6, and there are several teams of people that will be here praying. They're just going to be praying for God to move in the church. They're going to be praying through that list themselves But they're also here, if you just on Tuesday feel like, I just need somebody to pray for me, I want you to know they're here for that very reason. And so for you to not think that your issue is too big for them or too small for them, because it's not too big and it's not too small for God. And so just want to encourage you to to do that and to come on out for that. Um, We want to be a place where we support one another. One of the biggest lies that cripple you and I is when we believe that no one sees us, no one cares, because God wants to work through one another, and he wants to show us his love personally, but he also uses each other as we're the body of Christ to minister to one another. Um, Last week, we went through Matthew chapter 25 and looked at the, what's called the parable of the three servants, the parable of the talents. Basically, there, there was a, it's, Jesus is telling this story to get a point across, and he's telling about uh, there was a master, and he had three servants, and he, he went to one, and he gave them five talents. 
whether you want to think that's five coins, five whatevers you want to make it be. He gave another one two, and he gave another one one. And he told them to steward those things, which means to take care of it, to handle it with care. Be like if you allowed someone to borrow something. Anybody here ever lend something out? And it came back better. Maybe someone borrowed your car and when they returned it, they filled it up with gas. They vacuumed out the inside and they took it through the car wash. Anybody ever experience that joy? Anybody ever lend someone your car and it comes back with, huh, I swear that door did not have that ding on it before. And wow, they let their kids eat Cheetos, I guess, all over the place. Anybody ever experience that? couple more of you that way. Let God's forgiveness come upon you. He wanted them to care for it. He comes back a little while later. The one with five says, Master, here's what I did. And I had five and now I have 10. Now, sometimes we get lost on the number 10 and how big that number is. The idea was he took what he had and he multiplied it. The master wasn't so impressed with the end number of 10. He was happy about the stewarding of what he had and what it turned into. He then, and he says, well done. And he says, you've been faithful with this and I will give you more. He goes to the one with two. She says, I, I, you gave me two. And now I have two more. So again, we could look at the 10 and think it's so much bigger than the four. But again, he's not looking at the number. Why is that important? It's because you and I can fall into a trap like that where we look at what someone else has. We look at their job and their income is they make $450,000 a year. Who here would like to make $450,000 a year? I wish we were just a name and claim at church and I could say, let it be. You got it but I, we're not that and I can't do that. But we look at someone who's making that and we look at someone who else who's struggling on, let's say, $37,000 a year. And we, we, we look at it like this is blessed and this is cursed. This person has, because they just, they have so much where they can do that. The deal was, will you steward what I've given you? Will you steward it well? Sorry, Jude, you just happen to be the last one on this side, and it's going to get really tough for you. So then he goes to the one who had one. But oh, also remember that when he said, well done, to the one who came back with 10 and the one that came back with four, he used specifically identical language. This one didn't get a super duper well done, and this one got a well done. They got the same exact language. Because it wasn't about the amount of 10 and 4. It was about, did they steward it? Poor young man here. He got one. But what did he do with the one? You know, if he had worked, stewarded the one and come back with two, do you know what the master would have said? Well done. Just the same as the one with 10. But he didn't because he was scared of the master. So what did he do? He buried it. He buried it in the ground, which was a common thing that they did then. They buried it as a way to keep it safe. But he did it out of self-preservation. And you and I can be the same way where we take our gifts and not just talking money now, talking whatever gifting he gave you, your voice, 
your compassion, your courage, your care. He gives you gifts and he says, I want you to steward it well. And I want you to use it for my glory. It's not about, can this courage overpower this courage? He's not up there weighing it. He's not looking for, who do I pick on my team? Who's the most courageous? He's looking at, what do you do with what I gave you? And what do you do with what I gave you? So we got to look at, what is it that he's given us? Our abilities, our giftings, the way he made us, the way we think. Our resources. Our resources aren't just for our own comfort. They're for his, it's all for his kingdom. Our time. And what are we hiding for our own self-preservation? Or because we're scared. And our self-preservation could be, well, I'm scared of being judged. I, I, I'm, I'm scared that if I give the little that I have, he's going to ask me to give even more. Or I'm scared that um, we can go on and on. There's all sorts of reasons to be scared about it. But he's asking, what are we doing to steward it? I was supposed to preach that message here at the end of September, but the service didn't quite go that way, and so we didn't end up going through it. I had a different angle with it, and, but God was also dealing with something in me. And dealing began to show me things that, I'm, that I've hidden in my own life, that I've buried because of my own fears. And a lot of them relate to you guys, and it relates to my role. One of them is my excitement. I have held back on being excited for us as a church. And the reason is because I don't ever want to come across like I think we're better than any other church in the city of Vancouver. Because I believe we're all part of the body of Christ and we all play a role. Just like you and I have different personalities and we're part of the body of Christ, so are all of us as churches. We're different. He's called us all to different things. But because of my fear that if I got excited about who we are and what God is doing here, that then you would judge me as thinking that I'm better than the pastor down the street. What have I done with it? Out of self-preservation, I buried my excitement. I want you to know that I've had, I've been at, I was at a pastor's conference this last week. It was that one a little while ago and then we did a, we hosted Clark County pastors here for lunch couple weeks ago most people that talk to Tamar and I they ask us how's it going they're really most of the time not asking us about our own personal life they're asking us how's it going at City Harvest being the lead pastors and what I tell them is God I is that um, I could not be happier with the trajectory that we're on we haven't arrived we're not exactly where we need to be but I am so stinking thrilled at where we're, what we're pointing at and that we're taking steps to be there. I tell them that I am so excited and thrilled about the emotional health 
in the spiritual health of our leadership team, in the unity. I've never seen it like it is. That does not mean that we've all arrived. There's a lot of growth that can still take place. But I am thrilled with where it's at. And that I am absolutely thrilled with the unity of us as a church family. Not because we're all the same and we all think exactly the same. But because there's a unity that even in our uniqueness, there is a unity in where God is taking us as a collective church family. I'm pumped about it. It's not really coming out the way I hoped it would right now, but what I want you to know, maybe that's why I haven't done it. Maybe God told me to hide it. I don't know. No, just joking. I really am. And I want to apologize because you guys are amazing. We've had some of the best women's ministry things going on the last couple months, the best men's things. The youth are just in this. You know, a lot of times we look at the best as attendance numbers. I look at the best as the heart in what is taking place in that, in that area. I love it. Man, our praise team has been shot to pieces and torn apart. But I love the sincerity that's coming out. I've pointed out Israel before. Today was only the second time he's led in English. He typically leads in Spanish. So there are things where we've been shot apart, but it's also, I am so pumped for your faithfulness and for your ability to allow Mark and I to push you beyond where you ever wanted to go. <laughs> Ashley stepping out in her gift after a time period where when she was younger, she was maybe told things about her gift that caused her to hide her gift, but deciding to step out in faith and walk forward in it. There's something beautiful that happens. Another one is my passion. I've hidden my passion because I don't want to come across as, and you're thinking, oh dear God, if, <laughs> you're like, you can't leave a little bit underground, Pete. I don't want to come across as crazy. And I don't want to come across as I've seen a lot of pastors on TV when I was younger and seen a lot on social media now that I'm a little older and seen things that I don't want to be like. But my fear of being that I would be viewed as that has caused me to take some of the passion that God put in me and to bury it and, and to hide it so that I come across a little more even keel and I come across a little more mellow. I want to let go and just let God use each one of us how he's called us to be. Third one. You would think if these were real in me, I wouldn't have to look at my notes. But <laughs> Third one is money. I haven't talked about money here. I haven't talked about tithing. My reason being is because I don't want to be seen. I'm scared of being seen as a pastor that's just looking to build my own kingdom. Or that if I do it, I'm doing it um, just so that I can make more money. There is a yacht I wanna get. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I'm scared of that, so what have I done? I've buried it. What's the problem with that? It's because then I'm not being faithful to the job God has given me. Jesus talked about or 
specifically money or talked about things pertaining to money more than he did anything else. Why did he do that? What is it that you and I have the hardest time of people talking about and taking from us? Money. The only thing that compares, comes close to money is if you're a parent and someone comes to correct your own child. That's the only thing that I think comes close to money is when someone comes to tell you what's wrong with your kid. You might even agree with them, but they better not come and tell you. <laughs> but I've been wrong, and I need to repent to you. Because what it means then is I'm only giving you part of the gospel. I'm picking and choosing what of the word of God I'm going to feed you with based off of do I feel confident and do I feel secure in the way you're going to receive it. That's not what God called me to do. He called us to read the entire word. He called us to preach the entire thing. I see three main elements where money came up. One, he wanted those, the Levites, the priests, to not starve. There is a very practical thing that these lights turn on. This building exists. The, the um, ministries take place. People work here. I have a job. My family doesn't starve. There is a practical thing of tithing for that purpose. There was also giving to care for others and to see the kingdom of God go to bless and to take care of the family, to see it go in outreach to our community, and to also see it go to the world. We don't just say that. We have the Global Impact Board over there. We don't just say it so that it sounds like we're doing that. We give 10% of what comes in to the world outside of this place and outside of even our city. We're getting pretty close this year at giving another 10% just to our city. So we even tithe out of what it is. So it's not just about building this. It is truly about seeing the vision go. The third area where money comes in is it deals with our control and it deals with our trust. Do we really trust God? Do we really believe in him? The Sabbath challenges us in the same way. But that's another area where I've buried it for my own self-preservation. And the last one is honesty. I know some of you think Maybe sometimes tomorrow and I can be a little too honest. But where I have hidden my honesty is sometimes in meeting with people where they're telling, sharing something with me going on in their life, a, a, a struggle. And because I don't want to be seen as controlling, I don't, and because they don't ask me a question of what do I think, I don't say anything. And then instead, I watch them go and do exactly what I thought would happen, and it turns out exactly like I believe God, not because I'm all-knowing or I'm so smart, but because of what Holy Spirit showed me in that situation. But I have hidden it many times because I don't want to be seen as, self, as controlling. So those are four areas for me that I know I got to dig those things out, and I can't let my fear control me. And I believe God wants to waken something up inside of each one of us. He also told a parable of, a, of a, um, someone who was going and planting seed. And he threw the seed out and some of the seed, I'm not gonna point at somebody on this one, we're gonna go right here. It was a, it was a path that was well, it was a walking path. So it was, it was packed, 
packed really hard. And so the seed just kind of laid on top of the path. And within just a little bit of time, the winds blew and the seed goes away. The birds come down and they pick the seed. Some other seed fell in rocky soil. So not just rocks, but also not total soil. And so when it began to grow, it really the roots couldn't get around, around it. And, and so it was easily then just, it just died. It didn't go anywhere. There was seed also that was thrown out where there was weeds. And the weeds choked it out. And then there was seed that came on fertile soil. We need to be diligent to till the soil of our heart. And that's what we did today. And I appreciate each one of you pushing. I believe, and my hope, is that we all took a step forward in tilling the soil of our heart today. And what it represented was there's a hardness of heart, and that's the walking path. There's also where we let the stress of life we allow accusations and we allow trials. Those are like the rocky soil. And then there's the cares of the world, which is our accomplishments and us wanting more and needing more. That is the weeds coming in. It chokes out the good thing that God wanted to do. Those things lead to why you and I dig a hole and bury it, the gift. When we allow those things to come and attach to us, we dig and we put the, the thing down there. And just believing that God is calling us, as we say we want his kingdom to come and his will to be done, he's calling us to look at what has he given us, get out in our backyard and start a digging. Man, if you don't remember, have you ever seen like a show where they can't, you know, the dog can't remember where it buried its bone or you know, whatever, and it's like, they just start digging. We need to become frantic of, Lord, I don't want to leave anything buried that you have tried to pull out in my life. So if you were here last week and you would be so bold, I would like to hear, what is it, as you asked Holy Spirit last Sunday, what is it that he asked you, kind of showed you that you've hidden that he's asking you to pull out? Anybody willing to share? Yes. Thank you, first follower. <laughs> I wanted something a lot more spiritual, but I felt immediately God pointed to two things that he's given me that I don't make time for in my life, and that is uh, writing. Um, I feel like God has told me to write, um, write books, and I've often said, I will write a book when you tell me exactly what to write about <laughs> and tell me exactly when to do it. Um, and he basically just said, make time for it in your schedule. And then um, art and being creative. And I actually have a sketchbook that my grandma Gina gave me a very long time ago that is not full of any art or sketches, but I found it the other day and she's like, you know, steward this gift, you know, keep, keep drawing or whatever. So I wanted something really spiritual and God basically told me to write and create art. Anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was something about me. <clears throat> 
Anyone else? Um, he gave me a couple things. The first one was years ago, I think it was back in 2005, um, one of the prophets um, laid hands on me and told me um, that he was calling me to heal people with cancer. And um, I never really have thought too much about that. I was just like, there's no way, you know, look at my life. My life is a mess. But, um, you know, he brought it back to me. And um, the second thing was, um, you know, the prophetic, you know, um, that um, God was going to start bringing that gift back into my life. And it was going to be something different than I had experienced before. And I have to be honest with you, um, I had a word this morning, and I felt compelled to do it. And I knew that it was the right timing. Um, I knew it, and I, I didn't move. So I, I just want to ask you to forgive me for not, not being able to do that. But you know what? We are in a, you know, we... You know, we're, um, what would you say, we're in a work right now, you know, especially in my heart, you know, it takes time, you know, it's a process. But the other thing was um, just to continue with, um, you know, the book that he's called me to write is Tamar. I started this book um, back in 2005, and um, I wrote for a really long time and journaled, and God said, you know, this is a book, you need to, you need to do it. And, um, and so a couple months back, I uh, started it again, um, writing and um, correcting it, and Ron was editing it for me, and then, um, and then I knew then, God said, okay, you need to put it down for now. And then just a couple days ago again, and, and it, last week in the service, he said, okay, you need to go back to that, and you need to finish it. And so, um, yeah, so it's good. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, but you're not done. Oh, I can't. Okay. Yeah, is um, we're going to walk with you right now, and as you said in your process, and um, allow you to step out in what God asked you to dig up. What was it that you felt you were supposed to share earlier? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, <Yeah. laughs> so um, I was in the service this morning, and um, I was worshiping the Lord, and um, all of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like, um, like, kind of like a panic um, came over my heart, and um, and I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, what's going on? You know, is there something, you know, that, you know, that I'm not aware of? You know, do I need to repent of something? And and what he showed me was a vision, and um, it might have been a couple people or maybe one, but I felt like there was um, some ropes around some people, and they couldn't breathe, and they couldn't move. And uh, there was a time in my life that um, I would wake up, and I felt like I could not breathe. I'd wake up, I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. During the day as at work, I felt like I couldn't breathe. felt like I just could not move beyond the pain that I was experiencing. I, I was hopeless. I was like, actually, like, I felt like I was dead inside. There was nothing left, I felt like, in my life that I could get over. And I became suicidal, and um, I just couldn't do it. And um, so... 
my challenge was to you was that there are some people that you feel like that, and and God is saying, you know, um, don't carry it. I carried my burden for like seven years, and it was a horrible, horrible pain that I could not get over. And I just feel like God was saying, you know, you need to you need to talk about what you're feeling to someone, and you need to, you know, let God take that rope that you feel so tight in your life. You feel like you can't move. It's almost like the Lord just, I seen a picture of this person, and the rope uh, was just being untangled. And there was freedom. You know, Satan doesn't want us to to share. He doesn't want us to tell because then you you might think, you know, what is this person going to think of me? That's how I felt, you know, if I share this, my pain. But, you know, there is freedom. There is freedom and deliverance and going to somebody and saying, you know what? I am desperate. I am suicidal. I want to end my life. I do not see a hope for my future. And that's what I just, that's what I felt like God wanted to do for us. He wanted to untangle the rope in our life. He wanted to be able to, for us to be able to move in our gifts. Because then once you get through the pain, then you can take that pain and be able to pray for exactly people that have experienced the same thing you did. It's, It's like... You know, the pain that we go through, it's not just about us. It's about what God can do through us if we allow him to um, take that rope and unleash it and be able to share with other people and deliver them. That's what we're called to do is go to the broken and begin to take our pain and let God use it for his glory. Thank you. Here in a minute, um, we got time for maybe one or two more, and then we're going to have the um, the prayer teams come up as tomorrow will be closing out the service. And uh, if that is you, what she just shared about you came in, and that rings true to you, where you feel like there is a rope that's around you that's keeping you stuck in one spot, or it's a rope. That um, and it's just squeezing tighter or whatever. If that analogy, what she said, share spoke to you, there was also a call in there that it wasn't just that God wants to cut that rope off. There was something about going and sharing it, and that's why I would invite you to, as we dismiss here in a bit, is that you would come forward and you would pray with someone about it and say, "That was me, and here's what my rope is." And I want to pray for that to come off. I would like to share something also. You know, when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, I got a prophecy that God will use me when I, um, like, he will speak to my mouth and he will heal through my hands. And in that time, I didn't really believe, you know, because I was too new. Um, but then when God really started to work was one, when my friend, one of my friends was sick with cancer and I started to go to her house like apostle. I said I want like apostle did, like pray for people in the name of Jesus. And I, I got so much faith in that time. And then, you know, uh, because I was praying with her every day and the last prayer, what I said to her, 
um, she was asking me to pray for her. And then um, I saw in her body, I really saw what was happening there, like you see on x-ray. And I was praying for that, and I didn't really realize that she was healed in that time because she had to go to MRI. But then after two weeks, I found out that she was healed. But in the meantime, I went to another friend of mine. She was really sick. She couldn't even stand. And I was, uh, she did, couldn't tell me what's going on, but then uh, because she was in the hospital, but I was asking the Holy Spirit, and I heard in my ear, and then I put the hands under her ears, and I just cast out what was wrong there, because I didn't know exactly, and then she was healed instantly. And what happened is, after that, I got so much courage, and I started to pray for people. And I got so many people, they got healed instantly, just praying, like short prayers, like, because I was looking how Jesus prayed. And then they just did the same thing, you know. And one time, somebody didn't get healed. And then I got discouraged. I didn't pray after for a while. But then another friend of mine got sick and I prayed with her on the phone and she got healed instantly. And what I realized is this, we just do the job. We don't have to do the outcome. We just pray for people and, you know, let God heal. God can choose who wants, he wants to heal or we wants to take. We should not be discouraged for that. Because, you know, what I do when people come to me to pray, I do pray. And sometimes I pray things I, do, I don't know, but God knows. And they tell me, you pray for this. I was praying for that. I said, God knows what you pray for. And people get healed instant, instantly. And some people, they, got, they get healed gradually. But I just do my job. I just want to tell you that we have so much power in Jesus. I never thought that God will use me when I got that prophecy. But I honor the prophecy. And I get courage to talk with people. And you know, God gave me so much nice words. I said, oh, I know it's not from me because I'm not so smart. But, but you know, and then people tell me, Marcy, I was praying for this. I really needed this. I call people sometimes. I don't know why. And I start talking. And then I give them answers. And they're like, okay, thank you, Jesus. You know, because I know it's not me. I'm not so smart. You know, but I just... Let him use me. That's all. And I think God can use all of us. All of us. So what do we take away from today? Never mind, I'm not supposed to do that part. That's on her, her, her job to do, and I'm not supposed to steal that. Um, but in my own way of saying it without saying it, is what is it that God is asking us to dig up that he's given us and we've buried? As she just shared, it's not our job to figure out the outcome. It's our job to just be obedient in what he asks us to do. It could be something really small. It could be something very basic. It could also be something that somebody really needs. It could be you're at the store, you're walking somewhere, you're out on your, your daily walk in your neighborhood and you feel like you're supposed to pray for someone you've never done that before and you're totally scared, okay? And so you bury it because of your fear. But what if that person was just walking, asking the question, God, are you real? Lord, do you actually see me in what I'm going through? We don't wanna miss out on what God wants to do through us. It's not about, as she said, how smart we are. 
how talented we are, how long we've been saved. It's about obedience. And do we take with the little finances we have, the little time that we have, the little testimony that we have, the, the little giftings that we have, the little resources that we have, the little bit that we've actually studied the word of God, do we take it and say, Lord, I'm gonna take the little I've had as you took a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread and you multiplied it for your glory to bless others. Lord, help me to be like that little boy and bring my little fish and my little bread and God, would you use it? Because remember, it's not about the 10 and it's not about the four and it's not about what could have been the two, Jude. It is about stewardship and it is about faithfulness. And lastly, I just want to truly say, I am sorry and I repent for where I have buried things that God has given me and I put it in the ground because of a fear of what I didn't want to be seen as or perceived as or what the fear of the reaction would be, I was wrong. And I want to be an example of someone who doesn't bury what God has given me but chooses to walk in it regardless of how secure I feel in it or not. That's not the job. The job is, am I walking in obedience? Will you guys go ahead and stand with me if you're able? Prayer teams, if you want to go ahead and come up on, on both sides in teams of two. And um, yeah. So if you were here last week and you did hear from God on what are the things that you've buried, if you did not share it with somebody, I would like you to do that before you leave today. Cindy actually handed me a, a piece of paper, and uh, it had the things on it that God had spoken to her. And I so appreciated that act of obedience to what God was telling her to do. So if you were not here last week, you can actually take a moment right now and just say, God, what are the things that you have given me that I have buried? And it doesn't have to be something tangible like writing or, or art. It doesn't have to be something spiritual like, well, I've, I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick and prophesy. Um, it could be faith. We bury our faith when we think our faith doesn't do any good, doesn't produce the outcome like Patty was sharing. It doesn't produce the outcome that we were hoping for. Um, we can bury our empathy and our compassion for others because maybe our heart has, has gotten a little hard or has grown a little cold, whether towards God or towards other people. Sometimes our heart even grows cold towards ourselves. And maybe the thing that we're bearing is our purity. God, God calls us pure. He calls us righteous. But then when we sin, um, shame can come and condemn us. And we can say, I'm not holy. I don't have faith. I'm not good enough. And we put the things, the gifts that God has given us and told us to wear, you know, robes of righteousness, and we dig up or we dig or bury them into the ground. So as we go into this time, um, it's okay for it to be quiet. It's okay for there to be people talking. But let's just close our eyes and ask God right now. Lord, 
we come before you today. Some of us might not really know you at all. Maybe we're just hearing about you for the first time, or, or maybe we've heard a version or a story of you long ago, and we're hearing it again today. And we feel your heart towards us. You have such a beautiful heart of love towards us. And you're calling us, you're beckoning us, you're saying, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and you've, you're weighed down with burdens and I will give you rest. Come, walk with me. My yoke is light. Lord, we just give ourselves to you today. However we came in, whatever's occurred in the last uh, two hours, <laughs> we present ourselves to you again because we need to do that. We need to keep coming back to you. We never want to be far from you. And so we come to you again today at the end of this service and we just say that all that we have is yours. All of the accomplishments and our giftings and our talents, they're yours. All the resources that you've given us to steward, resources like time and money, relationships, our families, we present them to you and we say, Lord, how do you want us to steward these things? And I just ask today, Lord, that your spirit would do the work. Your spirit would do the work. I loved the, just the saying, we just do the job. We don't do the outcome. So we offer ourselves to you and your spirit does the work in our hearts and your spirit goes before us and does the work in our lives and we can trust and rest in that. So we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that you are with us and we are not alone. We thank you that you have power to save, power to heal, and you have power to transform us. We aren't left to ourselves. In your name, amen. And if it, if, if it is something where you came in today and whether you've heard the story of Jesus and how much he loves you and how he died on a cross, not just for the entire world, but for you specifically, not just to take your sins, uh, the, you know, the, the bad things that we do, but he took on the sin of the world for you. He paid a price for you. His body was broken. We took the elements this morning. His body was broken for you. His blood was shed for you. And if you want to today say, you know what, I need to actually act on that knowledge because I think I believe it, then just feel free to come up to any of our prayer teams and just let them know, I'd like to put my faith in Jesus. He's good. All right, guys, we love you. Um, please make sure you talk to someone today as you're leaving and let them know what are your hidden gifts that God wants you to steward well.